morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Harriet Kimmick with Down to Earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today on our show, we're going to talk about forced sterilizations in the U.S. That means, simply put, where they forced women or took the wombs out of women to, as a form of population control. But in this case, it was eugenics. And we're going to describe what eugenics is and how this was a forced policy of sterilization that was, excuse me, designed to reduce the number of uh, indigenous peoples and people of color who were born. It's sort of, it sounds a little bit white supremacist. If it sounds that way, it is. It is. And this was a policy in the U.S. from the late 1800s until the 1970s. And uh, we're going to talk about this in detail because in light of everything that is going on, we're confirming a U.S. uh, a Supreme Court justice on the court who is possibly going to overturn Roe versus Wade, where women have the right to have an abortion if they so choose. And she possibly is also going to overturn gay marriage, meaning that people will not be seen as equal under the law. And I will go into that someday and talk about how I feel about that personally. I just feel like people should have a right to do what they want to do. If Jesus Christ, if God, the creator of the universe, left us with free will, I don't know what it is why some of us are so hung up on personal power and power over individual lives and power over people that we want to control how people live, whom they have sex with, whom they marry, whom they go out with, whom they date, whom they hang out with. Come on, don't we have enough problems of our own in our own communities? I don't know about you, but I have enough going on when I was raising my children and they were much younger. There was just so much going on trying to keep them on the straight and narrow. I didn't have time to go look at what somebody else was doing with their children. And I feel like some of us don't have enough time in our daily lives to actually sit down and think about who is having sex with who And how much does that matter? I mean, the Bible is very clear on homosexuality, but God still gave us free will. So let people be. Let them do what they want to do. It's between them and God. I don't know how we want to control so much of people's lives. And and this is coming from somewhere because now we see where all this stuff is coming from. It was a planned policy of certain states. It originated, it was all over the country actually, because it also happened in California. So it was a white supremacist policy of controlling population growth and especially population of black and indigenous peoples, black, Latino, and indigenous peoples, Latin people. So Latin people who came from all over South America and Mexico and Central America and black people and indigenous peoples. Indigenous peoples are the people who live on reservations who are native to the land. This is, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, my friends. Uh, I was watching, I was reading this story. I've read the story maybe about three or four weeks ago, and it's just now I'm coming to terms with it. I really, really, really could not. I couldn't. I really couldn't. I'm looking into the camera and I'm telling you the honest truth. I could not deal with this. I had to shove the story aside and the related research that goes with it. I was like, let me table it for another day. I just simply could not believe what I was reading that these policies actually existed. And the shocking thing about it is that it informed a Nazi policy. Because you know the Nazis had a policy of eugenics, right? They called it, I'm gonna read it to you. They called it the 1933 Third Reich Law that says, Uh, for the prevention of offspring with hereditary diseases. I kid you not. It was modeled on laws in Indiana and California. Imagine that. We created the Nazis. We informed the Nazis. I I read somewhere else that the Jim Crow laws that existed in the South after Reconstruction, after slavery had ended, and Reconstruction and the ensuing Jim Crow laws where whites in the South continued to perform uh, white supremacy, control over black people, that those policies also informed the Nazis. That the Nazis used those Jim Crow laws of segregation to create what we now call the Holocaust, where they sent six million Jews to the gas chamber. Imagine that, aren't we great? 
This is why when people were talking about make America great again, we were like, what parts of America were great that you want to recreate? Because the whole point of our democracy is to progress, to move forward. So even if some of us, our ancestors thought like this 100 years ago, 150 years ago, we should learn from history that this was wrong and therefore not something to be pursued, right? Right. But how in Dickens' name is it that having the benefit of history now, that we're still seeing the proliferation of white supremacy activities and white supremacist behavior and activities and chatter that is still continuing and permeating our space and our society today. It seems a little bit unseemly. So I wanna run some numbers by you in talking about forced sterilizations that targeted indigenous women and black women and poor white women during the early 20th century in America. I want to talk about that. So I want to run some numbers by you. It is very disturbing. So strap on, put your seatbelt on and buckle up for the ride of your life because these are not taught in history books in, in, in across the country because it's shameful. Nobody wants to revisit this. This is something that you learn in sociology at university levels, if they do it. But in most cases, it's something you hear of or that the professor might skim over and then you go and do some more research about it because it's shameful. Because it is quite possible that some people who would talk about it have ancestors who probably sat on the eugenics board. I kid you not. I kid you not. There was one in North Carolina. And let me read that one to you. You're not going to believe it. In North Carolina, in 1964, North Carolina, the eugenics board decided on a sterilization of a 20-year-old black woman who was disabled. Their grounds for doing that was that she was, she exhibited, listen to this guys, you ready? Listen to this one. She exhibited sexual promiscuity and aggressive behavior. She had been deemed intellectually disabled. You know what they called disability back then? Feeble-mindedness. I kid you not, something that you can't help, something that most people are born with or developmentally disabled happens over time, so it's not immediately apparent when the child is born, but it becomes apparent later. They called it back then feeble-mindedness. Unbelievable. So you want to, so eugenics, let me describe it for you. Just in case we're not all on the same page, I'm going to describe to you what eugenics is so that we are all on the same page and we're clear about this, right? So according to Wikipedia, all righty, eugenics is the philosophy and social movement that argues it is possible to improve the human race and society by, I can't even read it. I feel so reluctant in just spreading this stuff around, but here's what it says anyway. According to Wikipedia, it says eugenics is a set of beliefs and practices that aim to improve the genetic quality of a human population, historically by excluding people and groups judged to be not deemed worthy. That's what Wikipedia says. If you go to uh, the uh, pged.org website, it says, Eugenics is the philosophy and social movement that argues it is possible to improve the human race and society by encouraging reproduction by people or populations with desirable traits, that's what gets me, termed positive eugenics, and discouraging reproduction by people with undesirable qualities. So guess who sits down and decides what those qualities of desirability are and undesirability are, a group of white people. God help us all. These, so it, it explains a lot to us, doesn't it? Why white supremacy is so prevalent and why racism is so prevalent. It explains a lot, especially when you look at some of our politicians today who are older than my, my mother. My mother was 71. If she were alive today, she'd be 74. There are politicians who have been politicking since I was born. There are politicians who, have, who are serving in the Senate who have been there since I probably was 10, right? And when you look at them, you, you they, so they achieved their majority when I was born. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> so, so you're looking at people who originate out of the South and at the in the South during this time, eugenics was a popular brand of population control. And you, it was probably wasn't called eugenics formally. They probably didn't say we're all studying under eugenics, but they definitely believed that white people were superior because they had more desirable human traits. And if we're going to continue the population, then we have to have people with certain desirable traits. In fact, to show you how stupid this whole thing is, listen to this part. Listen to this. Listen, 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 listen. This is good. Uh, inside the board, listen to this, these people, more than 60,000 people, it, it, it gets better, uh, 35,000 sterilization stories are reconstructed on this website called Sterilization and Social Justice Lab. And using data in the U.S., they have compiled somehow the historical records from North Carolina, California, Iowa, and my home state of Michigan. I can't even believe that. More than 60,000 people were sterilized in 32 states during the 20th century. Are you kidding me? So this guy named Francis Galton in 1883 came up with this idea. What a human being he must have been. Okay, so eugenics then is, it applies emerging theories of biology and genetics to human breeding. First of all, human beings are not dogs. So how are you even talking about human beings being breeding? White elites with strong biases about who was fit and unfit embraced eugenics. Do you realize that we're seeing that today? It is the same ideology why they sent immigrant women to a detention center and sent in a gynecologist to perform forced hysterectomies on said immigrant women. It's the belief white elites with strong biases about who is fit and unfit. There are people in the current administration who apparently believe in this ideology. This is why the Bible says when you're going to stomp evil out, you just stomp it all out. You can't leave it to rise up again. Because a hundred years ago, we grappled with this. And here we are supposedly a progressive society a hundred and odd years later and some later. And we still have people with these unique, strong biases about who is fit and unfit to be living, to be kept alive. To the extent where you're going to send people into, you're going to send people into an immigrant detention center and perform forced hysterectomies on immigrant women knowing that they have no autonomy, they have no agency over themselves because they don't speak English. You don't even send a translator in there to translate because you deem them based on eugenics that they are not fit to be human beings. The idea amongst these white elites with their strong biases believed American society would be improved, listen to this, by increased breeding of Anglo-Saxons and Nordics. You remember when to be pure white or some foolishness like that, you had to have blonde hair and blue eyes. That's when they bred with the, the Nordics, the Nordics from uh, Scandinavia. They felt that they were uh, as pure white as could be. The funny thing about this, they never evaluated their IQs. It was just based simply on appearance. That was the thing. They never evaluated their IQs. They looked at them and assumed that they had high IQs. And anybody who didn't fit into this mold of racial perfection, which included most immigrants, blacks and indigenous people, poor whites and people with disabilities became targets of eugenics. So you can just imagine, they just drove around at night in the white pedo van and just picked people up, I kid you not, and just picked people up and threw them in the back of the pedo van and took off. Are you all hearing me? This happened. So if, if they're driving through communities of color, which explains why the Ku Klux Klan used to ride around and, and pick up slaves. That's what they said, runaway slaves. But they were also picking up people whom they probably just felt were unfit to be human. In the same way, white militias, and well, I wouldn't even call them militias because again, I'm reminded that militias is a term that is a formal military term. White supremacists who get together, who are domestic terrorists, get together 
and say, well, certain people, she's not fit to be governor. So they deem this intelligent woman with her contribution to society, she's not fit to be governor. So they're going to say that about the black lieutenant governor who sits in the Capitol building in Lansing, that he's not fit to be lieutenant governor. Then they're going to come looking for people like me and tell me I'm not fit to be human. Listen to me very carefully. Try me and try many other people like myself. Do you know we have had it up to here with the different brands of racism and the manifestations of it? We've all had it up to here. You really are trying the people right now. I just watched a a report on CNN in which they're looking at the people who voted for Trump. 53% of white women in Pennsylvania voted for Trump in 2016 with no identifiable reason why. Well, he was charming. He made me laugh. He made a lot of jokes. And he was a celebrity, so I voted for him. And he ensuingly wrecked the entire globe. Right? So you can't trust white women because it looks like if some guy just smiles at you, you're just ready to turn over everything and just give him carte blanche to just wreck the whole world, not just your society. He wrecked everybody else. You know, there are more people now impacted by the from the coronavirus than the 1918 flu epidemic. More people. It was only 25 million people who were impacted by the by the flu epidemic in 1918. It's 40 million people and counting right now impacted by the coronavirus that could have been shelved and stopped by one man who had the power, but who had not a damn clue what he was doing and didn't want everybody to know that he didn't know what to do. So he bluffed his way through it and charmed all you white women, 53% of educated white women. Look how fooled you were. You know why? Because this guy came back and asserted your whiteness and made you feel again that you were powerful because the previous eight years were occupied by the most powerful couple in the world at the time were black. They were the Obamas. You felt some sort of way about it, not because the Obamas lacked the occupation for the job or the qualifications for the job, but you have your age-old stereotypes and biases that said because of their color, they were unfit to be human. So many of you were coming from that background and therefore, because you were coming from that background, there was nothing that you could do to stop it. Let's just be clear. Hey, it is what it is. We're calling a spade a spade. This is what we do. It's down to earth. It's as down to earth as you can get. That's all that it came down to. People were moved on their biases and elected a white man, not because he was qualified for the job, but because... You liked his brand and he was white. That's the first thing you saw because the previous year, all you saw were this educated black woman who probably made you feel a little less than because she went to two Ivy League schools with a law degree. Her husband went to two Ivy League schools with a law degree and it probably bothered you somewhat. It probably made you think some sort of way. Yeah? So you wanted to reassume control because we all have what? Unconscious biases. Hey, talk back to me here. We all have unconscious biases. We grew up hearing our parents and grandparents and the people in our social groups around us talk about people. So we arrive at adulthood with some sort of ideas of who we are and who we should present ourselves to be and what the rest of the world should look like and how the world should respond to us if we present ourselves a certain way. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so we still have these age-old biases. They don't go away. We might be socialized differently after we have left our farm, you know, our little communities and so on, and we go out into the big wide world, and we might be socialized differently to be more accepting, but it doesn't remove the unconscious bias. That when you meet someone and they're of a different color, when you shake their hands, you wipe your hands on your clothing. Happens all the time. That's your unconscious bias kicking in that that person is dirty because that's how you've been socialized to view people. Now, when you when you look at all these things, you say to yourself, well, Harriet, how is racism going to go away? If we don't uproot it and expose it for what it is, it's not going to go away. But we, as uncomfortable as these conversations are, we got to have them. I, I, I say this in, 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 in your favor. To be honest with you, Most of the folks who 
have these unconscious biases are aging out of the population. That's the best thing I can say. They're aging out. They're getting older and older. And for some reason, younger people are not as, they're not grasping the ideas so quickly because they've been socialized differently. Now you will have the fringe elements. No, you will always have fringe elements in any society, free or not. And especially because we are a free society, you are going to have fringe elements who from time to time are going to act out. But they, what we want, the ideal, is to make them less of the norm and more of an exception. Let me give you the numbers so that if you're just joining us, let me give you the number. By the numbers, 60,000 people were sterilized in 32 states during the 20th century. Indiana, Mike Pence's state. You remember Mike Pence, the, the vice president? Yeah, he was a governor of Indiana. 60,000 people were sterilized throughout the country. Indiana, Mike Pence's state passed the first eugenics law in, 19, in 1907. The United States was an international leader. As a matter of fact, Nazi Germany copied the law and made it into their 1933 law for the prevention of offspring with hereditary diseases. It was modeled on laws in Indiana and California. The Nazis sterilized 40,000 children and adults, mostly Jews and people whom they deemed as undesirables. That 400,000 whom they sterilized, the the court is out on that one. The jury is out on that one because that's just the numbers we know. Hey, Alex, how you doing? Right? It, it, it's just crazy, right? It, it's crazy. Imagine that. North Carolina sterilized 35,000 people. It's, it's just crazy. You want to hear these numbers? They will blow your natural born mind. And why will it blow your mind? It's because all of us are looking at one another and saying to ourselves, Alex, don't you think that I wonder if we had a relative a female relative who had gone through this. They also sterilized men too. At first they started sterilizing poor white men and white men with disabilities. Then it expanded to white women. Then it, of course, the granddaddy of it all, they were going to get black people. They used poverty with black people. They said if you were poor, you couldn't possibly raise a child. The North Carolina Eugenics Board actually had a model, a table that they used. Listen to what it says. Listen, li- listen to their jargon. Listen to their classic definitions. Y'all ready? The average feeble-minded parent cannot be expected to provide, listen to this, good heredity, a normal home, intelligent care, to say nothing of the many other things needed to bring up children successfully, like running a train, teaching school, or handling money. The job of parenthood is too much to expect the feeble-minded men and women to perform. I kid you not. I kid you not. So they had this mold of racial perfection. I know I'm freaking you all out, but why are we talking about it? These are the basis of systemic racism. These are the basis of white supremacist policies that continue to impact our lives to this day. Right now, there's a report out that black and brown people were specifically impacted. Our communities were specifically impacted by the coronavirus due to racism in healthcare. Most of us suffered from people who died. Yesterday, I talked to a friend of mine that I haven't talked to since the pandemic began. He's a pastor here in the Metro Detroit area. He lost seven members in his church and eight of his family members to coronavirus. You know what that means? What does that mean? That means 15 times he had to stand up over people and tell them about God and the love of God, knowing that this pandemic was specifically targeting black and brown people based on systemic racism. Let me welcome Mr. Johnny B. Good. Hey, Alex Higgins B. Good. All government is bad in one form or another. Well, that's his story. So for the the feds, Johnny, I have to say this for the feds who are listening. I didn't say that. Okay, my man. (laughs) Right? But you believe what I'm saying? This is why we have to talk about it. Indiana passed the world's first sterilization law in 1907. State-sanctioned sterilizations reached their peak in the 1930s and 1940s, but continued. Y'all ready for this? Up until the 1970s. The thing I don't get about this is how we 
we're now uh, the nicest country in the world, supposedly, but we inform Nazi Germany. Not cool at all. Nazi Germany used the laws in California and Indiana to form their laws of eugenics, where they killed people simply based on appearance. I don't know about you, but y'all, did y'all go watch The Hunger Games? And Elysium, that was your overnight homework. Don't tell me you didn't watch it. Y'all ain't taking this thing seriously. We, you need to be informed. We need to be. Not because we have a hypersensitivity or hyper-awareness, but that you don't get shocked. You need to understand what is behind the policies that you're seeing. For instance, right now, they're ramming through a Senate confirmation hearing. It's twofold for a Supreme Court justice that really in all integrity should not happen until after the elections. But these people who are running the country now, they don't have any integrity. If you can't trust them with a simple process like confirming a U.S. Supreme Court justice, how are you going to trust them with your health? Well, that's exactly what's on the docket. What's on the docket is overturning Obamacare. You know who it's going to affect? Not just me and you, but all the people out there who have children who are autistic and they can't work. You ever try raising a child with a disability? All the people out there who have sons and daughters and who have children who are no adults and all the people who have siblings that they have to take care of, all the parents who are near retirement and are still taking care of a child who was born with a disability, that's what they want to overturn. People with pre-existing conditions. As far as I'm concerned, guess what? We all have some sort of pre-existing condition because by the time you're diagnosed, you and I know, no, it's way gone. The minute the diagnosis presents itself is not the first time the disease has appeared. Let's just be clear, right? So it has to be a pre-existing condition. You see where I'm coming from? That's what's on the docket. That's where all of this comes from. And the woman they're trying to confirm, you need to go read up about her. She believes, you all are guys anyway, so you probably is going to think this funny, but she believes that all women are handmaids to men. Have you ever watched The Handmaid's Tale? It's where they took a group of fertile women and said that men, all men in the society, the richer the man, the more powerful he is, is the more he was responsible for having sex with these women with with the goal of making them have babies. And the wife is expected to participate. So he can't have sex without his wife being there. So the wife is in the room while he's having sex with the handmaid. So the handmaids wore a specific color habit so they could be identified in the society as women who are fertile. I'm going to (laughs) run. I would run. That's what this Supreme Court justice believes in. She actually was part of of that group. Yes, she was. She still is. They just took her name off the website. And you're all looking at me like, Harriet, surely? Yes. In fact, the story, The Handmaid's Tale, was based upon what was written on that website. Somebody who left the sect, it's a cult, formed that. But you know, <laughs> stop laughing. See, y'all are laughing. Now, I knew you guys, you're making me blush because you're laughing. But <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> and you're all laughing <laughs> because you made her like, oh, that was like a lot of fun for me. No, it isn't. <laughs> It isn't for us. You might have good intentions and you might not be inclined to do that. But what about people, other people? They just see your daughters, your nieces, and your wife, your girlfriend, your side chick even, right? And just feel like she should just pop off on her. How would you like that? No. (laughs) But that's what eugenics is. So I'm one of, you know what? Let me stop talking because I would be one of those whom they would put the red habit on and I would run <laughs> right <laughs> I don't know some people it's either me or them one of us but somebody's gonna go and it, it probably is not gonna be me <laughs> I kid you not I'm not putting up with that but these are the issues that contribute to the society we live in today this is where all this is because sometimes for many of us we're still baffled by racism and the continued pervasiveness of it It's like, even for white folks, you're like, come on, man, give it a rest because you're, you're, it's like you're being bombarded with it. But how can, how can it go away when there are still people who have these unconscious biases? 
that if you're a person of color and if you're an indigenous person and if you are an immigrant, then you have no value. I saw a thing on Twitter where this white woman who is a Trump supporter, she's a Trumpster. And she said, I haven't met an immigrant yet. And she has a verified Twitter account. That's how racist Twitter is. And she says, I haven't met an immigrant yet who defies the, the, the perception that they're on welfare. And a guy took her on. He said, immigrant here with a PhD in English. Uh, still want to talk to me? I just let him answer. <laughs> I think he answered for all of us, right? Because I'm sitting over here like, talk to me over here. You know, last year, uh, when at the height of the Republican agenda with immigrants and putting people in cages and putting women in detention centers, I went into the, you know, my, my one of my friends is, is a member of the Republican Party here in Michigan. And I said, she said, let's talk about immigration. And I pointed out to her my own story. And she said, you know something? We need to hear the story. She, and they, she took me to them. And we went around for a little bit and talked. They shut it down after that. You know why? Because it's personalized. Because I'm like, you're looking at me. I could be that person who was coming across the border. And needed the, 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 the liberty and justice here in the U.S., and you would have leave me to go back to an abusive man who was beating me within an inch of my life. I kid you not, they shut it down. You know why? Because when confronted with how your unconscious biases impact people whom you know, you, you, it, 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 it throws your humanity in your face and you make a quick determination right then and there, am I human? Because this doesn't sound human. This doesn't sound like something I necessarily want to be a part of. Are you hearing me? Well, it's the same thing with eugenics. Nobody wants to talk about it, but it's a part of our past. It is what is the fundamentals and the basis of what we call systemic racism today. After Jim Crow, after slavery was done, and there was reconstruction, right? And after that was done, and after Jim Crow laws came into being, people were like, well, we have to find additional ways to control the black population so they don't grow too much. Well, eugenics was one thing. So they're going to drive throughout the community and they're going to find people and they're going to find people whom they assess to be feeble-minded. Let me hear what Mr. Bigood has to say. Obama set up the immigration system that Trump inherited though, but Trump should have changed it. The thing about it is Obama set it up because he was under pressure. I agree with you. He set it up, but he didn't do put people in cages. You see what I'm saying? Trump did that on the advice of his, his general, uh, what's his name, Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller was the one who said, lock them up in cages and separate children and families. Stephen Miller and Jeff Sessions. The, the, the immigration laws of the United States have always been there. I can say so because I know, you know, it impacted my life. My life and my intersectionality came to that. That's why I wrote this book called Throw the Fire, right? But... They didn't say to lock people up in cages and separate children from their parents, even children who were being breastfed. That's where the cruelty came in. In every country that you're going into, you encounter borders. Every border has their, every country has its borders. The United States has a right to patrol its borders and it has a right to control who comes in. I'm just like you. I want to know who is here too. I want to know who you are, where you come from, uh, you know, what's going on with you. I agree with that totally. I've never been to any country in the world that I don't have to arrive at their point of entry without presenting documentation. Who am I, where I'm coming from, and why I'm going to be there, and how long am I going to be there? The United States has that right, more so than anybody else in the world. The problem, though, is when you decide to detain people, you separate children from their parents. That was the cruelty and that was carried out by Stephen Miller. He hates everybody. Now, you know what is strange? These unconscious biases that we have? Stephen Miller is the descendant of Russian refugees. His grandparents were Russian political refugees. Imagine that. And he rose up to be the architect of the most vile immigration policies that not only destroyed the image of the United States, but caused, because of this eugenics, unbiased, 
and biases and unconscious biases made them in Georgia send a, a gynecologist into the detention center and performed hysterectomies on immigrant women. My God, right? Why shouldn't we have open borders? Hell no. I don't want to live in any country. You want to live with open borders? Are you kidding me? No way. You want to know who comes and who goes. Like, even here in Michigan, Canada is next door, right? Here in Detroit especially. Well, all of all of Michigan, frankly, is, is next door to Canada. Canada is next door. You either take the tunnel or you go over the bridge. We're going into Canada. Canada stops us. Who are you? Where are you coming from? Well, bye. Coming back from Canada, America is like, how long you been away? <laughs> America changed. America is like, how long you been away? Let me see what you got. <laughs> That's America. Like, you coming over here? <laughs> America changed. We need to know that. We should never have open borders. Hell no. You can't have that because then you don't know who's coming and going. The EU did that. The European Union, they had open borders within participating EU countries though. So if you were coming from another EU country, you could show your passport from that EU country, from another EU country, and it was fine. That's what their definition of open borders is. But if you were coming from Africa, it didn't work like that. You didn't have free pass going through. If you had an American passport, a Canadian passport, or if you had a participating EU country's passport, yes. I don't believe in open borders. I believe that our borders need to be controlled. You need to know who is coming and where they're coming from. And there has to be a policy that says if people need help and they're coming in on a refugee status, then these are the methods. We scrapped all of that. And we have a big ass country. We have land that we can't even t- we can't even process. So I don't see what's the big deal in sending people to New Mexico, to Montana and Wyoming and say, go start a farm, bro. Here's some money. We will invest in you. Go start a farm or something. I'm just saying. Our population is gradually moving. If you notice, but that's for another time. Our populations are gradually moving to urban centers because of climate change and because of job opportunities. We want people to stay out in the farms and continue to farm the lands and continue to develop those parts of our country. We need to continue to do that instead of having everybody move to urban centers that fast will be overcrowded in another 20, 30 years and resources will become scarce. And then we're going to have a problem like most other countries in the world that are experiencing this inflow, right? That's what that, that, that's what's bothering the scientists when you look at wildfires in, in Oregon and wildfires in California. Those are the issues. But you, do you see where, where we're coming from? We... We need to know all countries have a right to know who is coming in and where you're coming from. Who are you? Where are you coming from? How long you plan to be here? You see where I'm coming from? When I was traveling a lot, every country that I entered, I had to present my identification and they had to vet me so that the process of vetting is who are you? Where are you coming from? How long are you going to be here? They kept a role so that they know who comes in and who goes out that you have to know that. So I agreed with that part of it. I didn't agree with the wall, but I agreed that we had to have a process of verification and people who came across seeking refugee status, man, just let the people be. There was no need to put people in cages and lock them up and to say these people are just random criminals. That was racist. Some of those people were, the. by the way, can I just help you out? The criminals don't don't travel that much. War criminals have access to money and resources to buy new identities. But criminals, the the everyday criminals, the petty criminals, the ones who steal and armed robberies, they don't travel much. They're enjoying their life of crime in their societies. They ain't coming across the border. The people who are coming across the border, they're running from those criminals. They have nowhere else to go. They're trying to escape the violence and the poverty that causes the violence in their countries. The criminals are too busy sitting up there counting their money and enjoying their power. Enjoying the fact that they have more control over the people than the government and the the law enforcement authorities do. I kid you not. It's a study and it's interesting. 
But when you look at, because a lot of people are saying, why this, why this sudden uh, concerted effort around racism and so on? It's because it's not good for us. It's not healthy. And a lot of how our racist policies were formed, they were based on ideologies like this, that people were unfit to be human. And who determines that, right? Do you see what I'm saying, Johnny? You see where I'm coming from? Alex, you guys are still there, right? A lot of these come from that place where a group of people got together and said, well, the perpetuation of the white race is such that we're going to mix Anglo-Saxons, people who come from Germany and England and France, Mm, less France, more Germany and England, not Spain, because the Moors did conquer Spain at one time. So they might be a little too mixed up to know who they are. I kid you not. And Nordics, the people from Scandinavia, they didn't base this upon people's IQ or people's intelligence, that these people were smarter. It, 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 it's much in the same way that Hitler came up with the idea that he, will, he wanted this super race. Remember that? And he wanted this super race of human beings, but it was based upon color. It wasn't based upon intelligence. You know how you know it wasn't based on intelligence? Why? Because the Jews culturally prevailed, didn't they? The Jews were the artists. They were the, uh, the, the musicians who created music. They were the merchants who kept the society going because they had the wealth. They worked for it, so they knew banking. Yeah, it was the Jews. They were the engineers. They were the doctors, the lawyers. So it wasn't based upon intelligence. It was simply based upon the appearance of the color of your skin. This is why racism is an evil and is an affront to humanity because God created all people. Christian evangelicals need to take a back seat because they perpetuate racism just as much as the politicians do. Yes, I'm a Christian. I'm an ordained minister. Yes, yes. And I preach. Yes, I do. But I am saying to you that Christian evangelicals are part of the mold. They all came out of this ideology that eugenics was a form of population control and that Jesus, even Jesus himself, wink, wink, though he was a brown man, an honor brown man who was a revolutionary, the way they paint him, he's he's blonde and blue-eyed. Because for him to have led a movement, he had to have been white. You know, there's a meme running around on social media that says that in a few years, by the year 2070, when all of us probably won't be here anymore, Obama will be white. <laughs> They're going to present him as white. They're going to present Jay-Z and other popular leaders as white. Why? Because the ideology that only people who are white have intelligence and only people who are white have a positive contribution to make to the perpetuation of the human race. That is unbelievable in and of itself. Those are the ideologies that we must rid our society of because those contribute to the downplay. It contributes to the destruction because it's sort of like you're creating marginality. And if you're going to, you must understand that if you're going to create a marginalized community, then you better have some boundaries and barriers set up because eventually everybody is going to say, wait, so I'm not part of that group? Well, I don't like that. I don't like my representation. In much the same way that us as black people are saying, I don't like the way we are picturized and depicted in movies. We're not low lives. We're not all low lives. Why do you take the worst of us? And put it out there the same way with the Chinese. Why they're always shuffling behind the white man like, yes, masa, no masa. Why are they depicted like that? It's the same way with Mexicans and Latino people. Why is everyone pictured that way and depicted that way? It's what contributes to the first lady of the United States after she won, her husband won the White House saying she's not going to move into the, the White House because she's not going to use the bathroom that the Obamas used. It's in her book. It's in the book. I didn't make that up. She said it in much the same way. She said, what the hell do I have to do with children in in cages? She didn't even see it as part of her social responsibility. In other words, she imbibed her whiteness to the extent where she didn't see a social responsibility, despite being married to a man who had political aspirations. 
Is that white privilege for her to choose what she chose to do? I don't know. I am just saying that the lack thereof of, of humanity in people is concerning and we need to address it as we move forward, as we move along. Because this is not good. It's going to end nowhere fast. <laughs> it, it, I'm sorry, guys, but it's the truth. I'm concerned because I have children. I have daughters. I don't want them to end up on an episode of The Handmaid Tale. Because other people will look at them and see them as being fertile. I want to take, my, take advantage of my daughters and remove their personal autonomy. In a society that is rigid in structure. We worked hundreds of years to take away the rigidity in our political and social structures. Why are we regressing? Isn't that why America was formed? That you left Europe because you couldn't stand the rigidity of inherited wealth and the rigidity of, in, uh, of class structures that were inherently built into a system of power? Isn't that what we did? So how is it that we come over here and a couple hundred years later, you want to return to that? It's crazy. Rome 2.0, say it one more time. Looks like we need another Jesus Christ, don't you think? Sounds like it. Jesus Christ was a revolutionary. He took on Rome. He said, uh-uh, this thing ain't working. That's not what how God designed it. Do, do you see what I'm saying? We, we gotta, we have to, and we don't, these are not things that are comfortable. These are not comfortable conversations. I am not comfortable with it. I must confess. Like I told you before, when I started this broadcast, I, I, it took me a while to even want to talk about this. Because reading the story of a 20-year-old black woman in 1964 who had no autonomy over her body because she had a mental disability, she was deemed unfit and she was sterilized. Now, in today's world, they probably do sterilization processes different where if you know if you have issues and you go to the doctor, they perform a hysterectomy, it probably is a lot less painful than it was in 1964. I can't begin to imagine. I'm going to close with this. There's the story of Fannie Lou Hamer. She's a black woman who was forcibly sterilized when she was 14 or 15 in, in, in the South. And she ended up being an advocate for human rights. She only lived to be in her 50s. But in her lifespan, she became a voting rights advocate, an education rights advocate, a women's rights activist, because it impacted her so very badly. When she got married, she couldn't have children, not because her body couldn't. They took away her agency and took away her ability to have children. Every time I read these stories, it creeps me out. I have two beautiful daughters. I adore them. I could not imagine living in a world where I couldn't have had them. It creeps me out. You see what I'm saying? And that, my friends, is how down to earth this has become. We got to really go down into the earth, scoop up all this stuff that does not look like our democracy, does not look like the ideal that we want to be. We got to find a way Now that we know this happened, we have to make sure it doesn't happen again. That we don't end up in a situation where we end up with another group of people who say, well, those people are unfit to live. So put them on a reservation or put them away. How about just taking away their right to have children? Jesus, can you just take the wheel? It's sad, right? So... Uh, until the 1950s, you know, schools and hospitals in the U.S. were segregated by race. Segregation continued. Sterilization continued until 1973. North Carolina, 7,600 people were done. Then it became a federal program like Medicaid also contributed to it. I can't believe this story. <sighs> They're still sterilizing people, even in California prisons. They were based on the same rationale of bad parenting and undesirable genes. Oh God, Jesus, help me. Listen to this. In the years between 1997 and 2010, unwanted sterilizations were performed on approximately 1,400 women in California prisons. Are you kidding me? 
Based on the rationale of bad parenting and undesirable genes evident in North Carolina in 1964, sterilization continues on. It's happening in the Czech Republic and it happens everywhere. We know China is no good when it comes to that. But we found out that it happened recently in a detention center in Georgia on immigrant women. I can't begin to think. I literally covered my body when I read that. It was that personal. Because I'm thinking, my precious daughter, Anna, I wouldn't have had her if they had felt that they needed to sterilize me. If you see my baby, she's 18 now and in college. I adore her. She's my everything. Just like my oldest daughter, Alexandra. As a person, I want to retain my rights to have children. I don't want anybody else to make those decisions for me. That's what's at stake. It's our very liberty that is at stake. And my friends, some of us think that because you're white, these policies won't affect you. Yes, they will. They're just seeking your vote so that they can have the power. And when they have the power, they're the ones. It's not going to be you and a community of people like you. The people who have the power are going to be the ones who determine who lives and who dies. And they're not going to choose you. They're going to come up with a certain standard that says you have to have a certain amount of money and live a certain way to have children. And if you fall beneath that, they're going to take away your right to do so. They can and they will if you let them. We have to be watch guards and vanguards of our own autonomy and of the agency of our bodies. We can't sit back at no stage of the game and just sit back and say, oh, well, the politicians will take care of it. Well, who are these politicians? What do they think? If they came out of the South, like some of them right now, then they don't believe that any of us have any autonomy or agency at all. We can't think they can think for us, even though they're past their prime and at 85 years old are stumbling to find words. Like, give it up, man. These are the issues that we uncover. My name is Harriet Kamek. Thank you so much for watching. Thanks, everybody. You guys make my morning. I can't begin to tell you how much I enjoy your comments. Keep it coming because it's informing me as well. Thank you so much. You're giving me some valuable feedback. Thanks so much, everybody. Be blessed.